Hey everybody, I am Gina Bianca, life and business coach, salon owner, educator, mastermind mentor, and your host of the Gina Bianca podcast. What is up, everybody, and welcome to the Gina Bianca podcast. I am so excited today to be interviewing and spending time with Kristen Rankin. They are the owner of Fox and Jane Salon in Toronto and the founder of The Dress Code Project. And I'm just so excited to spend the next 40 minutes to an hour discussing their initiative, how they got into the industry, and everything in between from this amazing, amazing human. Hi, Kristen. Welcome. Hey, Gina. Thank you. You just made me blush. I don't think that's such a lovely introduction. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I'm so happy to be here with you. As you know, I think that we've been crushing on each other for a little while. We just haven't been able to connect. Um, I love the work that you do. I love the voice that you have in our industry. So I'm just really excited to be here on your platform. Thank you for being here. Um, I am just so excited to give you the stage and I have been following you for so long. Um, When we were at Gina Bianca Hair, we were part of the Dress Code Project. And I'm really excited now that things are kind of opening back up to work more closely with you and to do more events and to really, really help you on your mission. So before we get into everything that the Dress Code Project is, let's talk about you and how you got into the beauty industry, who you are, who everyone's listening to, and please, please introduce yourself. Thank you. Um, So again, my name is Kristen Rankin. I use they, them pronouns. So thank you so much. Um, And, uh, and I am a hairstylist, really, when it comes down to it, that's what I am. Uh, I got into the beauty industry 15 years ago. Um, I had no intentions when I was younger to get into the beauty industry. I was such a tomboy. I just like ran around like crazy wildling half the time and, you know, paying attention to my looks or anything was not important to me. Um, But, you know, um, my mom was a hairstylist and she was a hairstylist for 44 years. she owned her own salon and then had kids. And then when she got back into the beauty industry after taking time off to have kids, she kind of became what we would probably look at as a collective these days. But like 20 some odd years ago, it was just a bunch of hairstylists working in a salon together um, and, and, you know, doing hair. And um, they were like, they were chair renters, really, you know? Um, <clears throat> and they, you know, she had a successful career doing that. She supported her family um, and, you know, um, and it was creative and, you know, she really loved it. Like to the, the very last day that she worked, she really enjoyed it. And I think I was looking at a second career and um, was talking to her about it and, you know, she was just like, why don't you just try it? And so I did. And um, I ended up like surprisingly love it. I remember sitting there in beauty school for the first day and I was like one of the older people there, you know, cause this was my second career. And I was just like, what have I done, you know? And, uh, and then I just, I fell in love with it and I ended up, you know, just, I don't know, becoming really immersed in it and never looking back. And I love it still today. I love this industry. I love how creative we are. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it is the best industry in the whole wide world. Definitely. It really is. So how long have you been in the industry? 
So I've been in the industry for, <clears throat> I guess, like, yeah, about 15 or 16 years. Um, what I, again, I was older when I became a hairstylist and I knew that I, I just didn't want to work for someone else. So I think I, I got out of hair school. I worked in a salon for a year to get experience and all of that stuff. Um, and then I, I opened up my own salon in Toronto. And, um, and I initially opened up a salon called Fuss Hair and it was in Toronto in a, in a neighborhood called Leslieville. And, um, and I had that for about 10 years. And two years ago, I met my now business partner, um, Lauren Karens and Billy Canoe. And I, yeah, you know, Lauren and, um, and you know, they're wonderful human beings. Lauren is just like yourself, so giving to this industry and just wants to see our industry for it and be all that it can be. And, um, you know, and she and I just hit it off and we developed a relationship and she was like, look, like I'm doing this. Why don't you get, get involved? So, you know, I decided to become part of the Fox and Jane family and I'm a partner in that now. I own the Toronto location and, um, you know, I love it. I love the community we have. Um, I love the location I'm in in Toronto. We are in a, still in the same neighborhood called Leslieville. It's a very, very, um, Toronto itself is a really open and inclusively diverse uh, city. And um, so is our salon, you know, we have rainbow sticker out front. We have all types of folks come in all ages. It does not matter. We love it all. We want it all. The more diverse, the better, you know, um, and it's just fantastic. You know, what a great way to spend your day. And you send somebody out the door loving how they look. I love it. I've been to your salon even only for a few minutes. I think I, I just popped in when I was, it was in such a surprise visit, but it was really great. And our, our staff were like, what is happening right now? <laughs> I do that yeah. a lot. I will show up at salon. <laughs> that was so funny. And I just think if I'm, I'm visiting a friend and I forget people are just like a little like freaked out by me or whatever. And yeah. I, I walked in and I was so glad to be there. And, um, I do that a lot and I'm really glad I did. And if I'm ever in Toronto yeah. again, I'll definitely, I'll definitely. You have by. to, <laughs> they were, that was really funny that day. They were so like, uh, this is Gina Bianca. And I was like, just let's get a picture with her. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> they were all just sort of awkward. They're really awkward anyways. We're all kind of awkward, but it was extra awkward because they were like, what's she doing here? <laughs> She's like, you're like, we're friends. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, didn't I tell you? <laughs> oh my God. I love it. But no, that was awesome. And Fox and Jane, super cool. I've been to a few of their classes in New York City and I'm um, yeah. really, really glad you're part of that. It's really awesome. Yeah. Thank you. It's super a great, cool. it's a, it's a great company. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. I'd love to have Lauren on here. Oh, you should. She's great. And she's just, she has so much, you two would just talk, you'd, you'd use up the whole time for sure. Cause you'd have so much to share with each other. And she's just so, um, I, she's just such a generous person like yourself. You know, she really, again, she just wants to give and, 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 um, you know what I love about Lauren, there's so many things I love about her, but one of the things that really, I think attracted me to her and, and her idea of the industry was she looks similarly like you do. When I started following you it was because you started to be really, really honest and transparent about why our pricing is the way it is. And I remember you would have these posts where you'd be like, you'd have the post and then you'd have like the price in big, bold letters, you know? And I was like, that's so smart because it allows people to understand why we charge what we charge. And Lauren's really similar. Um, I think you know this too, like growing up a hairstylist, like I was, again, the child of a hairstylist people look at us like we are not business people. Like, I don't know where that came from. If it's just because we're also creative and we have like, we have so many different facets to what it is that we do, but <clears throat> people don't look at us and take us seriously. Sometimes I'm like, 
we're not at a market heckling over the price of cauliflower right now. This is my job. This is my career. This is how I pay my bills, feed my dogs, all these things, right? Like, so I love that you started to get really like transparent about the prices on Instagram so that people could see. And Lauren was like that too. She was like, we are business people. We're creatives, but we're also business people. And I just think that's really great because I think that has really been overlooked in our industry by clients and by ourselves. Yeah, totally. And how I kind of started doing that was in my salon, I had to help my team through every price increase and we were charging we were the most we were i'm not going to say the most expensive salon in town we gave the most value and had the best experience and we were worth it we charged accordingly and yep. in our blue collar town when a guest brought in the 12-hour transformation we had to break down the photo and i think the price breakdowns that i started doing with the picture do you watch the office at all of course yeah <laughs> okay so do you know on the office where michael's just like no question i'm ready to get hurt again like you know that scene that literally yeah. is me every time i do a price breakdown because the comments like oh my god people are just like you're not a doctor you loser like literally yeah. so mean and i'm just like why are people like this and you know i really think the internet is so weird. I think the vast majority of people respect their hairstylist. I think we notice the haters more than the people who really support us. Like there will be like one hater and like 99 supporters and we're just trying to like convince that one hater. But um, <laughs> no, I, well, I appreciate that. And so many people have found me like that. And it's so funny because I tell the story a lot. I was in line at Old Navy. It was like July 3rd and I was trying to get an Old Navy flag t-shirt for the 4th of July. <laughs> and That's I had, awesome. I had nothing to post. So I, I, I said to my fiance, I was just like, you think I should post this? And I had the price on it. And he was just like, why are you going to put your money out there like that? And I was just like, no, no, I'm like breaking down the whole thing. And like what went into it? And he's like, I don't know. I'm not kidding. From the time we were in the parking lot to the time we were in checkout, it was viral. That's it, wild. It was a viral. I'll never forget like the moment of like, I had nothing to post. So I was just like, well, let me break down because that lady was such a long transformation. It was like six or seven hours. And in, in 20, I think this is in like 2017, you know, in 2017, like that was like right when we're like actually like the resentment had already been building up for like three years of not charging enough. And I think like the whole industry had had enough. Like yeah, I agree with you. Had had enough, and I think that that post was needed at that time, and it blew up my career. That one post, it's it's really crazy, and um, crazy. the fact that I'm actually qualified to talk about pricing because I've helped my team, I've done it for my salon, for my stylist, and uh, yeah, it's crazy. And I really would love to meet Lauren. I've never met her or talked to her. I'm gonna reach out to her though. So you hopefully. should, yeah. And I'll yeah. tell her that we talked, and and you know, you two would really be great together. Yeah. It would be cool. It would be mm -hmm. cool. But back to what we were talking about. Um, <laughs> you know, I love Fox and Jane. I love the brand itself. I think it's really cool, and um, super happy for you and everything that you've accomplished. And I'd love to talk about your latest project and initiative, the dress code project. I heard about it through. If I'll share how I heard about it. I heard you 
you on Nina Kovner's podcast. And Nina is my mentor and business coach and angel. Yeah. <laughs> She's one of the most special people in my life. And I would mm -hmm. not be where I am today without Nina. So I'm listening to the podcast, of course. And I heard you on there and I listened. And I don't even think I got to the end of the episode before I reached out. And I was just like, how can we get involved? What can we do to support you? What, what can we do? Because I... I, as soon as I heard what you were doing, I was like, the industry needs this. Like we need the guidance and support and we need to start putting out there the inclusivity and diversity. And we need to, to like salon owner and as a salon owner in general, I've always been the one to want to make my place like a home for everybody. And I, when I heard what you were doing and I heard the whole mission and everything, I was just like, I have to get involved and flash forward. I think it's been like three years yeah. <laughs> now that, you know, times are times have been really weird. And now that things are opening back up, I really want to take it to the next level. So I'm excited. Everyone needs to look forward to all of our amazing things we're going to be doing together, but that's how uh, yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. And that's how I heard about you from the beginning. And, um, I would love for you to share about the dress code project. I'd love to share your mission, what you guys are doing, all of those things. For sure. Thank you. And I agree with you. Nina is just such a great human being. Um, and, and actually I, I did her podcast yesterday um, because of the podcast that we did the first one that you heard, she wanted to do a follow-up. And so we did that yesterday and, you know, so it was just great to, um, you know, we, we talk to each other maybe once a week, just like, Hey, how's it going? And she's just a great person. And, you know, I have all the respect in the world for her and, and so happy to be able to, you know, it just trickles down you know, putting people like us in touch and, you know, because of that and stuff. And it, um, I feel, feel very, very fortunate, you know, uh, for those things. So I'll always be grateful to her for that. Um, I love but yeah, yeah, they're just a great human, you know. Um, so the dress code project, it, it started in 2017, actually. So you um, and I spoke to Nina shortly thereafter. So, you know, you were one of the first, I think, American salon owners to really reach out and be like, and you're so funny, too, because you're very like you just when you know what you want, you're very like, so this is what we're going to do, <laughs> you know, I like know. right right off the bat. So well, my it's brain, great. My brain goes into like when I see a good idea. I, I can like branch off a million ideas off of it. Yeah. So like, it's great. I, yeah. I was just like, boom, 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 boom. And then like the last time we talked, I'm like, okay, here's what we can do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, this is wonderful. <laughs> yeah. It makes it so much easier. I call it a brain but, hurricane. You know how people say like brainstorm. I'm like, this is a brain yeah. hurricane. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> it's like being in Texas, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. The, uh, so the dress code project um, for the, for those folks that don't know, um, what it is, is we're a not-for-profit organization, and we are essentially um, an alliance of salons who are trying to create gender-affirming hair salon spaces, barbershops, for folks who identify outside of the gender binary to get a haircut that makes them look the way they feel. And, you know, when I first started this, um, I, I, again, myself, I'm a queer person. Uh, it's funny, Nina and I were talking yesterday and we were both like, we just popped out of our mom's gay, you know, like that's just how it happened. So, I mean, you know, speaking to yourself, what, what you were saying about your experience with pricing and helping people price, I've been gay my whole life. So I have a lifetime of experience being that way and being in the world, um, being gay 
and then a world that is by default um, heterosexual and sexual oriented. And so I thought, you know, it's crazy that we have started with, it's crazy that we have men's and women's pricing menu. Um, that seemed wild to me because I always found myself in this middle ground where I was like, I don't, I'm, I don't want to be a man, but I really don't identify with being a woman either. I'm female um, and I am a feminist, but I just, you know, I just, I'm in this middle area that I don't know what it is. And now like being older and more educated and aware um, and the way our world is, I'm like, well, I'm non-binary. That's how I identify. And I thought there's no category for non-binary here. And so um, my salon, um, we, we changed our pricing menu a, a long time ago when I first opened up. And then um, the way the dress code project started was I was cutting a transgender woman's hair. And um, through the conversation, when I was doing the service, I found that she'd been growing her hair out for a long time, it was super out of shape, you know, the, the ends were dead. Um, and she was scared to go to a hair salon and get her hair cut. Um, and she was really scared um, as she was transitioning because she didn't look woman enough at that point right and then um i cut her hair and she was happy and she left and then the next day she tweeted to my salon that it was the first time she'd been in a salon and had a haircut that made her feel like a woman and you know that's like a really powerful thing to say to someone and you know as hairstylists we always just want people to be happy when they leave right i mean we have a thousand mirrors in our salon spaces so that they can catch a glimpse as they're walking out the, the door that one last glimpse you know and um i thought geez like how many people have had this experience that this person had and not been able to say to their stylist thank you for finally seeing me and allowing me to walk out of the salon looking the way that i feel on the inside and i just thought like this needs to change our industry is missing something and what really bugged me was that it didn't align with who we are an industry and our values because we are so open and we are so accepting and inclusive for the most part you know obviously we're going to have those folks that need a little bit more education than others but like you know we really do just love making people feel good about themselves and that's what our job is and so i just you know i talked to a bunch of my close friends people that are in my inner circle that i really trust and i thought i just kept saying to them i really want to do something about this but i don't know what it is and then i just thought of this you know maybe i could get a bunch of other hairstylists who own salons to to see this as well so i emailed um i emailed some friends i knew in toronto and they were all like yeah this sounds great my one good friend who owns a salon in toronto uh, called clute um, her name is Lisa Berry and she just she emailed me back within an hour and she was like I'm fucking in you know and then I was just like I knew something was good about that and that's how it all started yeah I love it um I so to just build upon that in my salon when we first opened in 2014 we had obviously um a menu, men's cut, women's cut, all of those. And like, just, we don't, we don't do that anymore. And it's been so long since we did, um, that it just seems weird to me. And I remember, uh, shortly before you and I had met, we had already changed to gender neutral pricing because we were having a difficult time we were, we were all about price, cost per hour and pricing. Like I was very like business savvy as a new business owner, believe it or not, because I was doing this huge coaching program and I was like very into it and pricing and hourly and charging for time. 
And one of my artists, I believe it was Brian. I think it was Brian. And he's still with me today and he loves you, you all. So, Mm. so he was ringing a guest out and he had a lot of discounts on his reports. And I was like, what the hell are these? Like, why are you discounting? You've been in the industry for 10 years. What are you doing? And I looked and he was adjusting his woman's cut and taking it off and charging as a men's cut. And I was like, why? And he, and I totally like understood after he like put it um, in my face. Like it was something that even in my salons in the past, you just adjust the price or you just ring it out under a men's cut. But like who feels good charging a woman for a man's cut? Like who feels good doing that or not? And then it shows up on the receipt. People who don't do receipts probably don't have it in their face as much. We can we find different ways to hide the problems. Like I have an artist I'm working with and coaching with. She has her appointment book on one app and her cash register on the other app. So she never sees her discounts. Interesting. So she picks, she just goes in and punches in a number. She doesn't adjust what she normally charges. So she has found a way to make it easier for her to discount with in the past, you know, I had done that and no one, I've never felt good ringing or if I'm in a rush ringing somebody out I'm oh I'm just gonna charge you for a men's cut because it took me 30 minutes instead of 45 and it had always been like a weird feeling of like there should be a solution to this but it's like no one ever took the time to make it and then you think of an entire community of people who are stressed out to come to a salon for that reason or to not be seen or if you say that to somebody you never know what people are going through it was just such a weird thing and then flash forward looking at does this make sense oh a hundred percent like I'm no one can see us but I'm nodding as you're talking because (laughs) this is exactly the experience and these are the two friends that it's happened on the most yeah so like I don't know if anyone listening can relate to that but it was kind of just like something's wrong but like okay I got my next person and then it was just kind of something that never got fixed never got fixed and I saw Brian adjusting his um, prices and I was working um, with a coaching company and everything was based on time so when our pricing had to change it was easier for us to put short medium long to explain the price difference so we had already done the gender neutral haircut pricing and then when i heard you talk about it i was just like yes finally somebody's talking about it like this is a serious thing because you never know what people are going through and you can push somebody over the edge you can hurt their feelings and you could be instead of being instead of being like another thing that hurts somebody you could be that thing that makes them feel seen and welcome and you know I think that salons it's such a simple if you listen to this podcast and you do gender neutral price if this podcast can get as many people as possible to do gender neutral price you just never know who needs to feel seen like all of us I was this guy at the salon he was like I was like hey it's good to see you he's like hey it's really good to be seen interesting yeah and this is like a couple of months ago I just walked in the salon I was like oh hey it's good to see you because I hadn't seen him since my old salon because my old salon closed and we opened the network and he's like oh it's and he said it's good to be seen and he's an elderly man Mm -hmm. and that hit me in my heart 
like it hit me like but like a cupid in my heart I was yeah like, oh my god i was like just like those moments and you just never know checking somebody out that mindfulness of like another human being it's yeah. powerful it's so powerful and just as that you know that that um gentleman that you had in your chair had said like it's good to be seen you know and i think that is um another thing that is brought up you know um like ageism right like that's just another thing um and and yeah i had someone message me the other day saying i love the work that you're doing um could you be more vocal about ageism and you know youth being the focus in the queer community and you know there are a lot of queer people that are older that are not being seen that are being overlooked and you know and it made a lot of sense to me and it's and i think that's like such an important thing too like we're always learning like you you and i are always learning and that's why we're able to do the things that we do and i think that people see folks like us and they think like oh they've got it all figured out and they know what's going on I, and from my own perspective the, I speak for myself I mean if I wasn't open to constantly learning from anyone and everyone that I could I wouldn't be able to do what I do I wouldn't be able to own a hair salon lead other folks like employees I wouldn't be able to own a not-for-profit that's you know helping to create these safer space salons for people because you can't be closed off that way. And, you know, so when people reach out like that, I'm like, yeah, of course, this makes so much sense, you know, and you just add that to the things that you're doing. And so, you know, when they, when he said that to you, like, it's good to be seen, like you said, it hit you in your heart. And I was oh, like, oh, I yeah, I felt that too. Yeah, yeah. I have chills. And, you know, it just, I don't know. I think it's a really, I think it's really important. And it takes a lot of courage to like, talk about these things and, um, and it brings me to my next question because I have to be honest with you and vulnerable with you, if I may. I, I get so nervous to say the wrong thing. And I think yeah. that with my platform that like anybody would feel nervous because I've gotten trolled to the point of like, I cried and like, I don't cry. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I've gotten trolled to the point where like, I wasn't even talking about something and then I got viciously attacked for saying the wrong thing, which wasn't even about what I was even talking about. And it's traumatizing. Like the internet yeah. can be traumatizing. And I want to use my platform and I want to use my voice to help move forward. And I'm very progressive, socially progressive, that's for sure. I'm very fiscally conservative, but I'm socially progressive. And all of the social issues going on right now do touch my heart and I want to help. I'm terrified to say the wrong thing at times. And I love to talk on the podcast because I just feel like it's a completely different platform and it's more real and it's more vulnerable and it's more connected and it's just a place like I just feel like it's a different place. Yeah. And my question is how can salons and salon owners become more inclusive, especially people who are new to these ideas, maybe not as open as I am maybe a salon owner who might be nervous like walking on eggshells like for me i'm so nervous to say the wrong thing or to hurt someone's feelings like what can somebody do to be more inclusive and to start like looking in this direction and making things happen in their business and to make their team and clients feel more inclusive so i know that's like a huge question but we can break it down and and unpack it awesome um, <clears throat> it's a great question, first of all. So thank you for asking it. <clears throat> and secondly, thank you so much for 
being vulnerable and and allowing us to have this conversation and trusting me enough to be vulnerable and talk to me about these things because as you said um when you're someone like yourself who has a really really platform um and a lot of people look to you for a lot of different things sometimes it can be very intimidating knowing that and trying to figure out all the things all the right things to say and all of the things that you shouldn't say as well and every time i go to do a post or say something or respond to something i am thinking of 10 different things that someone could ask me if i answer this question this way um you know it was like uh, my sister has a child um my nephew's 17 now but when he was when we were you know when she was pregnant and we were trying to figure out what his name was going to be we were like okay but could this name be as a nickname and what rhymes with this name that's going to get him teased on the playground you know it's like that right like you're thinking in that mindset you're like i want to answer this question honestly but i don't want to offend anybody I don't want anyone to take it the wrong way and so it's all of these things that i'm sure you probably go through as well when you're posting answering someone or just saying something online cuz as you said as as lucky as we are to have these platforms they are there's the the good and the bad about them right and i'm sure like like yourself like i i i have a love hate relationship with instagram so i think we're really lucky to have it because it's brought our community so close it's also brought our industry all of this recognition and you know attention that we need but at the end of the day saying the wrong thing is what you get remembered for unfortunately so i appreciate this question and thank you so much for trusting me enough um because i do want to be always, myself i i want to yeah, be myself exactly. and i don't want to edit or censor or not say anything or stay away in fear yeah exactly you know? and that's what ends up happening to a lot of people um <clears throat> you know i think one of the things i appreciate about your posts is you don't delete things you leave them up there i mean i, I unless of course i'm sure that they're really terrible and those shouldn't be kept like on our page we always say to people like please be respectful of what we are and who our community is if you're here to learn there are no stupid questions there are no dumb questions we are here to help you but please be re- respectful and come here wanting a genuine conversation if you're not and if you are just a troll who's here to be homophobic transphobic biphobic anything at all we're just going to take you off this platform because it's not a place for us because The thing is is that that can be really triggering for a lot of people that have had a lot of trauma because of their gender expression or whatever, you know? And so I think that also brings up the point of like why people are so quick to say things to folks online. Like what do you mean by that? What are you trying to say? Because they have trauma around things and they want clarification. So I think what for myself um you know online is a whole different beast, right? but in salon one of the things that you you can do and and one of the best things you can do is just do exactly what you did when you started this question off be really really honest about the place that you're coming from like hey i'm here to support you i'm an ally but i'm learning i don't know everything i'm learning as i go but i'm really open and i want to um hear what you all have to say and i want to help if i can like that is what you did and that's a really great place to come from because you are putting it out there that you don't know everything but you want to help and you're using your voice that is really powerful in our industry to do that and you're asking for help you know 
Um, totally. One of the, yeah. And one of the ways that we use this in the salon, and this is how we educate and train um, hairstylists and hair salon owners as well, is um, we use it around language in, um, in the service itself. And a lot of times it will happen where pronouns are concerned. <clears throat> a lot of hairstylists have said to us, I'm really nervous about pro using pronouns the right way. Um, how, how can I do that? And, you know, the thing is, is like, it's, it's just so, um, it's so natural to mess up. Right. I mean, um, I feel like I, I'm very mindful, but mm -hmm. I still, you, are. you started up. this, you started this conversation out by using my proper pronouns and you didn't, we didn't have a conversation about that before. Yeah. I mean, I thank you. And I'm very mindful and, but I still make mistakes. And I think yep. that it's more important to be like genuinely engaged with you than worrying, like obviously being mindful, but if I do make a mistake, not like it, it almost in it, this is so completely different, but as a addict in recovery, people who drink around me, they constantly are like, oh, sorry for drinking, sorry for drinking. And it's almost just like, I don't want you to be sorry. I want you to be present with me. And it's not like yeah. they're making a mistake. They're just being like, it, it's almost like, I don't want to point out that, it's a big deal because it's not, it's just, you're learning the person you're speaking to. Does that make sense? It's like, I don't want to focus on making a mistake or, or saying the wrong thing. The important thing is, is that I'm present and that I'm mindful and that yeah. I'm learning. And I try to just be super like mindful. Yeah. And you're taking your experience that you have from your own life and using that for other things it's called empathy right um and you're 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 which is really amazing that you can do that and not just make it applicable to yourself but to others and that's like we actually have this three-step thing um when it comes to fucking up you know um which is that you say sorry you correct yourself and as yesterday nina and i so gracefully put it you move the fuck on um, because, you know, like, it's like you said, I'm sure when you go out and you know, there is probably, especially now that things are opening up and, you know, we're not doing the socially distancing stuff that much anymore. Um, you're going to be in situations where there's alcohol. It's just a, it's a way of life. Right. And, and I think what you were saying really clicked when I was listening to you was people were like, oh, you know, Gina, like, I'm sorry for having this drink in front of you. Don't bring attention to that. It makes exactly. it worse. Exactly. You know? That's Just the have thing. the drink. Drink the damn drink. I wouldn't have a be conversation here. with me. Yeah, like, exactly. I wouldn't be here. Yeah. If I didn't if I, if I if it bothered me that much, I would protect no enough to protect myself. I'm not like That's looking right. at you like I hate you. Yeah. Um like and that And you're like, not sitting there going, "How could you have a drink in front of me?" Right? No, like I don't yes. even bring it up and people are yes. like, "Oh, is it okay?" That's like It's not even it's yeah, so and imagine bizarre. that happens to you 10 times in one night, right? And you're like, oh my God, like, stop, you know, stop bringing it up, right? That's the exact same thing. Well, when if you and I are... Get, sorry, go when ahead. people get no, really drunk, like, they'll be like, oh, I'm so drunk. I'm so sorry. I'm so drunk in front of you. Like, I, and I'm just, I'm like, I'm sorry I make you so uncomfortable that I don't drink. And, and yeah. that's... And that's I, exactly the same. Exactly. That's what I mean. And it's just like, okay. And like, but I'm mindful, but I'm not going to make it. And like you guys said, say sorry. Like you all said, say sorry, <laughs> correct yourself, move the fuck on. And you just did that. Yeah. You just did it. <laughs> um, so I'm going to explain to the people listening what just happened and why we're celebrating. Right Let's now. unpack this. <laughs> Let's unpack that. So, okay. We're talking 
And in society, we have taken keywords like guys and girls and whatever else. And we have kind of used that as a blanket statement to address a group of people. And so, and it's super common and I still do it. And I educate people. I educate people all the time on this stuff. I have gotten up in front of 500 people at a time and educated them. And I will still accidentally misgender someone with their pronouns. And I will still say things like, hey guys, or something like that. I've gotten so much better at it, of course, because I do it really regularly, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good you are at something. You will always fuck up. And the important thing is to recognize that and make peace with it and know how to move on with it. And you just did it. You just did it very gracefully. Um, you know, you had said like you guys, and then you immediately corrected yourself. And then we started talking and it that was a big deal. And that was a beautiful example of the example <laughs> that we were talking about at that moment. It's Yay. not a big deal. <laughs> it's like, it literally is like three steps. It is just like, recognize that you made a mistake, correct your mistake and move on. So like if you and I were talking and, you know, and I accidentally used your wrong pronouns and I said him referring to you, I would be like, oh, sorry, I mean her and then blah, blah, blah. You know, it's that easy when you're talking about pronouns. That's all it is. And you know what I have to get better at? I'm going to be super honest with the world, okay? I know the world is listening. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I hope the world Someone. is listening. There is, so something, there is something that I have to hold myself accountable for. For the past decade, I've said my girls in the salon. And I have girls, guys, people, everybody. Yeah, and it's just I, the way it is. And I literally catch myself and I'm like, fuck, 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 fuck. Like I literally <laughs> like, oh my God. So that's one thing I'm getting better at. My team, yeah. my artists, my people, yeah. Um, yeah. my network fam, like all. And I always say, oh yeah, the girls, oh, one of the girls will take care of you. I've got like four guys <laughs> working for me. <laughs> but there was one time where I had no guys and that was when I was first learning. It's almost like in my first learning of being a salon owner, I had all yes. girls and almost like our first learning in life. It's hard hard to like shake Break that yeah, yeah and if you feel that brief moment of discomfort you know that is that's growth and yeah, I absolutely think, I think this conversation is amazing thank you you make me feel yeah so and I too. oh good I'm glad and I think it's so great that you're talking about it because I think it's so important for people to see someone like yourself who again has a, such a huge platform being really raw and saying hey this, this is where I I find I am need to learn and relearn relearning right that's a big thing it's really hard just as another example um when you meet someone and say you use like okay i'm just going to use this conversation again as an example if you and i were talking and you met me and i was at the time you met me using she her pronouns because that was at, at one point the case so you've met me you've met kristen and now you know kristen and you're associating kristen with her or she and then I come up to you a month later and I'm like, hey, Gina, I just wanted to let you know that I've changed my pronouns because that happens. And also just putting that out there right now, that is also okay. If you want to change your pronouns once a month, that's fine. It, it's about how you feel. And I come to you and I'm like, hey, Gina, I just want to let you know I've, I've changed my pronouns and they're they, them now. And you're like, awesome, Kristen. Thank you for sharing that with me. I really appreciate it. And then we go on. And then and a couple minutes later, you point to me and you're like, that hurt over there. And then you're like, oh, fuck, I'm them. You know, and that's going to happen because you met me with those pronouns. And I've just let you know that I've changed the pronouns. And you got used to that. In your brain, it's literally an association. 
Kristen, her, Gina, her, you know? And now I'm saying to you, okay, now it's Kristen, them, right? So you just allowed, you need to allow yourself and be generous enough with yourself to make the mistake and to recognize it. And what do they say? It takes 21 days to break a habit or something. It's yes. a similar sort of thing, right? And I think, and I did actually, I speak about this. I have been talking about this a lot more lately where, and I know that this is going to hit home with you. Um, as a society, we are so, so, and I'm going to swear because when I get passionate about something, I swear. I swear. Um, even when I'm not good. passionate. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so, everybody is so damn uptight about being fucking perfect all the damn time. Let it fucking go. Allow yourself to make a mistake. Be a fuck up. It feels really fucking good. And you know what feels better? When you aren't a fuck up anymore and you correct yourself and you change your behavior and you improve. And as a society, we're so all about like, we have to go on Instagram. We just have to look perfect. And I woke up like this. And meanwhile, that was like an hour of preparation for that photo shoot. You know, like, let's just drop that bullshit and let's be real people to each other. And I think we need that so much more. And I honestly find as a member of the queer community, that realness is really alive in that community, in that communities, you know, um, because the queer community or the LGBTQ2S communities, we are a communities of intersectional people. So we have a lot of different things going on in those communities and, and it serves us well to be open and accepting of all those things. And if, if society could just be that way and stop expecting everyone to be the best in a hundred percent, we would be so much more gentle and kind to each other and, I think we'd all have less anxiety and, you know, and it would just, it would be safer, right? Like you and I having this space with each other right now. I'm like, let's just fuck up with each other and then be better with each other. And how good does that feel? You know? Yeah. I mean, and, I feel like we're way closer now and it's like yeah. 30 minutes in and I'm just like, okay, okay. <laughs> like I feel way more comfortable. And it's just having like a real conversation and getting to know people. Yeah. And allowing that to happen too. Right. And like, I don't, even just like you said, we've been talking for 30 minutes and I know we've known each other for longer than that, but you know, this is the most serious conversation we've had with each other, you know? And so for us to just come here and say to each other, we're going to have this safe space. We're going to be able to like be really real and raw with each other. I think just, you know, it shows the character that we have and what we're trying to do and, you know, and also what we're trying to do for each other and what we want to allow each other to feel and have, you know? I love it. It's amazing. Yeah. Now I have a question. Mm -hmm. Honest question alert. LGBTQ to what did you say? Uh, LGBTQ2S. And then sometimes. What is, what is 2S? I meant, what is this? Yeah. So uh, it's two spirited. That's what that stands for. What and it is an, in, it's an indigenous term. And um, I, I'm not even going to pretend to know the exact definition of that. I'm not an indigenous person myself, but it does make reference to the enlightenment of um, individuals within the indigenous communities who identified as two-spirited. So it just kind of meant that they were on an elevated level um, and, and that they had many identities and they were actually looked... Um, they were celebrated in the indigenous communities. And we recognize that as part of the queer communities as well. And I know that you're gonna Google that. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, Did you see yeah. my computer light up? <laughs> 
<laughs> I just saw your eyes. I was like, I know exactly where she's going with this. <laughs> um, but no, I think it's great that you Google it. Because again, I'm not indigenous. So I, I definitely don't want to speak to the exact definition of that. But it's making reference within and it's acknowledging two-spirited folks within the queer communities. Okay, cool. Thank you. I was like, wait, hold on, hold on. Because I never want to say, so again, I don't want to say the wrong thing. So yeah. like on Clubhouse yesterday, I was just like, we're going to be, I was talking about the dress code project on Clubhouse and I was talking about the network and I'm just like, we're really excited to support our LGBTQ plus community. Did I say the wrong yep. No, you didn't. Okay, you said okay, the good. right, you said the right thing. Um, and I think that's like, you, you just said a version of, of who we are. Okay, um, love it. I think like 20, 15 years ago, it was just LGBT. Mm -hmm. right um and then the q was added and and it's because again like i said a couple minutes ago um the queer community is a huge spectrum of of, of different intersection intersections of people and so we are um always learning and always recognizing that you know and i think the big thing there is that we recognize we're a spectrum and that's the beauty of it all you know and you could i like i identify if I have to identify, I identify as a queer, but lesbian, non-binary human being that uses they, them pronouns, you know, and that's an intersection of things in one person. And it's like, I just want to know, it's just like, you're just a person, you're a person. Yeah. And it's like all these labels and things like for when you, I like how you said, when you have to identify. Yeah. And I say that because I am someone that educates and trains people in this. Um, in the hair world. So I do put myself out there and I do open myself up for a lot of questions. And I'm very happy to answer because I know that the people that are asking the questions really just want to know. And, um, you know, there's definitely other ways they can find out, but I'm putting myself out there to help. How so does that feel? What, it's good. I mean, it's probably really similar to what it is that you do, you know, like when you break things down and stuff like that, when it comes to business in our industry, it's very similar. Um, I love that. Um, I think that I, I think, you know, in a way, my purpose here is not just, is not to be a hairstylist, to be honest with you. I love being a hairstylist. Um, I love that um, that is something that I will always be able to share with my mom because she passed away Aww. and she, um, she didn't get to see this. She didn't get to see this, me start this foundation. She sees and that. yeah, thank you. And she was just such, um, in, you know, she was my mom. So, but in my eyes, she was just such an incredibly giving person. I remember when I, oh man, I struggled with perms in, in hair school. And I was just like, I hate this, this is stupid. And, you know, and my mom was amazing at them because she's, she'd been doing hair for 44 years and her clientele had been the same clients for 20 years. And they were all these, you know, women who wanted to get the perm the set the blowout you know and so she could do a perm in like she could do a perm set in 20 minutes and I remember one day I was just like I just I'm not good at these and she was just like come on and she took me and we just like went through it and 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 then I was like good at them so I owe her a lot and I you know and her just being her she you know I get this from her she's so similar just like put your head down and do the work and so I think um you know I wish she had seen this and been here to celebrate it with me but I also know that that my wanting to make our industry better for the community that I am I belong to and I identify with is definitely I get that from her, you know. And so I think being able to 
say to folks like we're already an awesome industry please include the queer communities as well because we're just awesome and I don't even think you know you're not including them um is just like it's really special to be able to do that I love it well I think it's very brave and courageous of you because I know from my experience putting myself out there and my story and like how you shared like when I have to identify and like when you share with others all of these things about yourself right and it can be a little exhausting to like repeat yourself over and over or to explain or just to be an educator in general and about something so personal and even though it's something to be proud of and something who you are it's a lot to put yourself out there you know yeah yeah it is and you're right like it can be exhausting and um you know I think that just like brings up another thing about like mental wellness and mental health and stuff like that you know like um before the pandemic I had this probably very similar to you you know um and I I know I keep saying that but it's because what we're doing are really you know they're very different things but similar platforms we're and super similar aligned. we're super very aligned. aligned yeah and so you know um before that like I was flying all over the place um, every month, you know, educating and training and not being at home and not being with my dogs and, you know, not being with my friends. And, uh, and, and, you know, I just like, you get tired and then the pandemic hit and you're like, it all stopped. And, and then you were just like, I don't know, there was this point where I was very like frazzled and my mental wellness went way down. And I was, I just had to like, reevaluate and reassess and 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 be okay with everything and come back to it because and I was lucky to have people in my life that were like you have this thing that you're doing and you need to continue to do it so get it together and we're here for you and continue to do it you know and I think that everyone that does stuff like this has had those moments and I'm saying it because I'm talking to you and I feel like I can be honest and vulnerable with you and also I think it's super important to talk about these things yeah i mean it's okay not to be okay and it's also yeah. like okay to take a break you yeah. know i thought my world was gonna end i took a little time off and i was just like it's over <laughs> i'm a nobody yeah now. <laughs> yeah right exactly but it's really not true and i you know what i love nina talking about social media breaks yes even that so good you so know good. and thank you for your vulnerability yeah. and sharing that with me because it, it we make it look very easy to go around and you know do everything that we do but mm -hmm. taking a break is okay and the mental yeah. health like when you're elevating the beauty industry and when you're elevating an entire you're we're elevating an entire industry it's exhausting yeah. at times yeah so to always put yourself out there to be open to um what's the word like I put myself out there to be open for to criticism, to criticize, really. to criticize yeah. me or to disagree. And no, not everybody has to agree with me. That's for sure. But like, it opens up like a huge door to be hurt. Yes, and I think that's so important to say as well because um, I think what people don't realize about what it is is that we do is the vulnerability that's involved in it. Right, every time you do it. Um, what regardless of what you're talking about um you know one of the things i get criticized a lot for in the industry funny enough has nothing to do with gender has nothing to do with what what it is the dress code project is out here doing it has to do with the fact that 
uh, a company I aligned myself with, a company that recognized that's been in the beauty industry for 80 years and recognized it needed to do better, especially for the queer community at large, um, is not a pro-beauty company. They are more of a commercialized company, but they have backed us financially. They have backed us on their platform and they have looked to us to guide them in this authentic pathway. And every time we do anything that is on our Instagram account that mentions this company and talks about this company, um, instead of people seeing what it is that we're doing, they're like, why do you, I'll just say it, it's Pantene. Um, Oh yeah. I saw that. And that's amazing that they're backing you financially. Like they're putting their money where their mouth is. Where are the rest of the brands? Exactly. Thank you. And that's what happens with, so we like last year at the start of the pandemic, we were like, we have to do something for salons. Salons are closing like this in America. Right. And yeah. And so we decided that we were going to do a contest and Pantene backed it. And we did this contest uh, where uh, eight salons won $10,000 each to make their salons more uh, gender affirming. And we, instead of people going, wow, this is amazing that you're doing this for salon owners. They were like, why are you, you, why are you aligning yourself with Pantene? I would never carry them in my, they're not, a, you don't carry those in salons. They're terrible. Their shampoo is this and they're blah, 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 blah. And it was like every single time, you know, um, I would answer them because I want to educate them. And you're like, take a minute and breathe deep and recognize where these people are coming from and allow them the space and then educate them. And you're, and you're like, okay, so I think you might be missing the point. <laughs> um, this company is this. And also we have been in talks with and had conversations with some pro beauty brands that are really, really well-recognized brands that people love. And we have these great conversations with them And then when it comes down to the fact where we're like, hey, we charge for our services because it's the only way we can do what we do. I personally do not take um, any kind of salary from this company. I donate my time. All we ask is that you donate to our not-for-profit so we can continue to do this every year. And then all of a sudden it's crickets. But who wasn't crickets? Pantene. Um, yeah. How, how is everybody not working with you is my question. And the people who hate Pantene, honestly, like I can totally just like be honest in the past where I've said like, don't use Pantene on your hair. If you're spending $500 on your color correction, like as a professional hairstylist, we want our clients to buy shampoo and conditioner from us. Now, is the way to get them to purchase shampoo and conditioner from us to bash every other brand in the entire world that's not on our shelves? I don't think so. I think it shows a little bit of, you know, whatever. But a lot of people who hate Pantene just suck at selling retail. Exactly. And they they also miss the entire point of everything, right? And they're so tunnel visioned. I saw that and I was really happy for you. I was just like, wow. But like, you know, it it begs the question, like, why, where are the brands in the industry that we're all carrying on these issues? Is there anybody else doing what you're doing? No. What the fuck? (laughs) No, there isn't. And we've had so many conversations that start out really, really great. And then again, you know, I mean, we purchase your products. We support your products in our salons. We don't expect you to give us a shelf full of products for free. Why would you expect me to give you the knowledge that I have worked on for five or six years so that I can incorporate this into the beauty industry and translate this 
so that it makes sense to hairstylists. Why should I give that information to you for free? I can't financially support this not-for-profit out of my own pocket. I need help with it so that I can continue to do this. Pantene was the first company to recognize that. Pantene was the first company that came to me and said, whatever you need, we just want to have your voice because we really believe what you're doing is going to change the industry for the better. And this is a company that's been around for 80 years. They have, uh, yeah, they're a corporation. Pantene they have... was in my shower all through high school. <laughs> yeah, I exactly. couldn't afford. I'm sorry, but I couldn't afford what my salon had. Mm -mm, no, and neither could I. And, you know, and, and also like they have offices in almost every city in North America and in Europe. You know, they're a huge platform. They're a big voice. And what was really beautiful about this relationship is that they weren't saying, hey, we just want to use your name. I was with them through, we've done three campaigns now in Europe, in uh, the US and currently in Canada. And I was with them on every single step of the way, every single decision that was made. My decision was the, the final decision because they were like, you're the one that knows what's going on here. We're taking your voice and your thoughts and we're going with that we want to be really authentic and we want to change for the better and um just before the pandemic hit i was in switzerland at their head office in geneva speaking to their entire company about what it is that we're doing in the hair industry and how um how our uh, campaign in europe went and the one of the executive directors of pantene europe told me that 80 years they've been around and their initial goal as a company was to um make great hair for women and after doing business with us for just one year, they've changed their mission statement to great hair for everyone. Wow. And yeah, that's mind blowing. I have chills. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, for all those pro beauty brands out there, I'm not knocking you, but step up. I am. Where, where are they? <laughs> I don't know. But we take flack for it on Instagram all the time. And we'll say to these stylists that are like, Pantene, why would you add that? How disappointing that you're aligning yourself. And I'm I would like, say tag okay, your brand. Me. Tag yeah, your brand. Seriously, tag eh? all the brands. Tag yeah. all the brands that aren't. That's insane to me. Number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, they've got money for everything else. There's yeah, so and they, much money. They I know. And they, yeah, I know. And they talk to us about education. They talk to us about train the trainers, you know, all those things, you know, and, you know, it's kind of like, let's do this. I'm here. I've well, got the resources. Here's okay. I have a few more questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I donate to the dress code project. I donate a thousand dollars. What mm. happens? No, I didn't donate. I donated to you. No, monthly, but I'm talking. Yes. About yes. Now I'm going to donate a thousand dollars. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> my, my, my bank account. I'm just kidding. It's worth it though. But we donate to your to the dress code project. It's $200 a year. Is yep. that right? Okay. That's right. For super, a salon membership. Super affordable. The salon gets to go on the salon locator. The salon gets all of the resources and education that they need. Is that right? So we provide you with a kind of a package, a welcome package, which is, uh, as you said, it goes on our directory and our locator, which is the big thing, right? So on our website, we have a locator. There's actually like a list locator. You can search a name of a salon. You can put in your zip code. Um, you can just search your city. And what will happen is a map will pop up and a list of all the salons that are Dress Code Project member salons in your area, meaning that they have, um, they are, uh, gender affirming hair salons and when a salon joins uh we give you the use of our logo to say that you're part of our organized like part of our membership club 
Um, we will also give you this guide. We call it the uh, gender dress code pro gender uh, guide. And what that is, is that when I first started all this out, I was like, I need to know what the fuck I'm talking about. So I took training in inclusion and diversity um, and gender and um, from this uh, charity in Toronto that is one of the leading charities in um, in queer inclusion in, in uh, training studies. And they um, helped me develop this guide where they took the information they know about everything training and inclusivity, and we incorporated it and specified it for hairstylists. I love so it. Took the knowledge that I knew as a hairstylist, and we we kind of meshed it together. And so now you get this guide. We encourage people to also take an hour training with us, with with us, which will cost you a bit extra. But what that is is an hour of of Zoom time with me where I talk to your staff about what all of this is. I break it down and um, we kind of go through like an actual service together so you can understand it. And then any questions they have at all and then access to me after that. Like any questions you have at all, let me know, you know. And how much is the time with you? I think the time with me is 250. So it's 250 for an hour of your of you to train your entire team to make your salon a more welcoming place. Yeah. Well, damn. <laughs> yeah. There's so much I mean, value. Yeah. And we don't want to break anyone's bank either. Like we're not for profit. We get it, you know, but I think what people don't realize is that I have to pay people to do things because I don't have the time to do it all myself, nor do I have the knowledge. Um, you know, I'm not like a graphic designer. I'm not a web content creator, you know, like, as you know, right, we have people that we have to pay for these things. And that's where the money goes. Absolutely. And that's that was gonna be my next question. Well, my main question was, if I donate $1,000, where does that money go? Yeah, to, to exactly this. I have people that help me do this because I could not do it on my own. Um, so being able to create the content costs money. Um, being able to put the content out there on social media platforms costs money. Paying lawyers costs money. Um, you know, accountants, all of those things cost money. Um, and just to run, you know, having a not-for-profit or foundation is very much like running a business. And so um, being able to offer all of these things to people costs money. And that's where that money goes. It 100% goes back into the into the um, organization so this would go into like getting the message out there does any of it go back into salons or go into like the to help people in the community yeah so we also do two things um we have we are haven't done them for a little bit because we're reorganizing them but we do um two monthly education two times a month we do education one of them is an hour where if you if your salon is a dress code pro project member salon you automatically for free get a code where you can come and join us um one hour a month is education and another hour a month is questions with me. So if you're a stylist working in, if you have a stylist working in your salon and they're like, I just have this burning question that I need to know about pronouns and hair and blah, blah, blah. They can come on that and they can for free and, um, and they can ask me that question and we'll talk about it. And then here are all the other questions that people have to ask. Um, and then oh, there was another part to this that I think I just forgot. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like um, really just like, cause you know, the, the question is like, where do, where do the donations go and can people yeah. donate more? And like, well, how is this going to help the, maybe the stylist or help the clients or help the salons create a more inclusive yes. place? Yeah. So you reminded me of the second part. So the second part is, is that when I first started this, I also recognized that there are people within LGBTQ2S communities who really can't afford to come to salons like ours and get a haircut. 
So um, by getting donations and stuff like that, which you can do on our website, <clears throat> um, there's, a, I think, a donate me um, button. Um, we are able to, especially now that the pandemic is, you know, we're allowing people back in our salons. Um, we're able to do these things that I call the gender free haircut clubs. And so they're free events that we created for folks who can't afford to get haircuts, but they also need to not be misgendered in salons that don't know how to be gender affirming. Um, and so the resources go back into that, um, so that we can kind of just give back to the community a little bit. Love that. Amazing. Thank you. Well, we talked about so many different things. <laughs> we did. <laughs> um, and this was awesome. And I'd love to have you back to talk more. And I'm really excited for our session that we're going to do in Mastermind. And I'm really excited for the session you're going to do for my team at the network. We are so excited for that. And um, thank you so much for your guidance. You know, I'm really, I'm really excited to take, go through your trainings and go through it so that I can be more prepared and I can be uh, like, you know, in the industry using my platform, actually know what the hell I'm talking about. Like, I think that's like a big thing. People, if you're talking about these issues, I think that confidence comes from knowing that you put in the work and understand and have done the research and all of those things. I'm excited to go through your training and learn more so that I can be a better ally. And that's my goal. Like from the, like, I always want to make people feel welcome, seen, heard and valued. And I think being an ally is so important to everybody. Um, and I hope that that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And if I could just touch on that for a minute, actually, because it brings up another important point, um, you know, which is about allies. Um, allies are also part of the queer communities. And, um, you know, I think they're important. They're a really important part because I was kind of kid around that as queer people, we can sit there and jump up and scream at each other if we want to about how awesome we are. But if no one else is there to listen, then that message is only going to go so far within us. We need allies to be there for us to spread the message and to make it more normal, you know? Um, and being an active ally is a really big thing. And what you're talking about, what you were just saying about how you feel as an ally is actually being an active ally because you are taking the steps that you need to make sure that you're learning what you need to learn to be there. And I think that's really important for people to know. It's, you can't just say you're an ally, you actually have to do it and be an ally. And so that's a really important thing to remember too. Well, that's like one of my, my biggest things. Like, I don't want to just like throw a rainbow up and be like, oh yeah, like, that's just not me. It's June. Yeah. 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 That's just not me. I'm, yeah. I'm just like, what, what can we do to help and support? And I'm so glad that we're working on things together and I'm just yes. really, really excited. So where can people find you? How can salons get involved? Let everybody know so that they can go and follow you and support you in any way. Thank you. Uh, so if you're a salon that wants to get involved with us, we are at www.dresscodeproject.com. And if you go to our website, there's a join us button and you can fill out an intake form and, and we can start the process of you becoming a Dress Code Project uh, community salon. If you want to see what we're doing, we have tons of information on our website as well. You can scroll through that and see pictures we've done, but also just who we are and what we're about. Our Instagram account is also a really great resource to see what we're doing and, you know, uh, what kind of communities we are. That's at the Dress Code Project. Um, and then other than that, my handle is Kristen Rankin Hair. If you have any questions at all, I can also help you with that. That's on Instagram. 
And of course, doing podcasts like this with you and having your platform as another resource for us is also great. And I'm so excited about the things that we're going to do together with you and Network Salon in the future and like actually have live things that we can do together again. That's what we need. It's going to be so exciting. Yes. Like that's the energy that we need uh, to be in a room together. It just changes the game so much. And I'm, I know your space is beautiful and I'm just so excited to have that celebration with you. Thank you. Well, I'm so grateful to have this conversation with you. It has been amazing. Everybody, please go follow Kristen at the Just Code Project. Thank you so much, Kristen, for being here. And we'll see you guys. Thanks for having me. We'll see you all. You will see everybody, you folks, all of you amazing folks. Yeah, folks is a good one. Y'all, everyone. Oh my God. (laughs) You don't have to be you you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect, but you can try to be as unperfect as you can be once I break it down this is the most unperfect ending of the podcast but it was actually perfectly perfect perfectly imperfect I love you thank you for being here Uh, thanks for having me